Hey, here's my resume and a box of donuts. Give me a job. Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, there's a whole lot of ways to get jobs these days. And yes, jobs are readily available. Now, I say that. I know that, yeah, a lot of people are saying, no, nobody's hiring. Well, that's not true. I drive around, look at the signs that are out. We're hiring. Apply now. I go to Home Depot about three times a week, it seems, and they have a constant sign out there. If you're over 16 years old, please apply. We have jobs. Now, that may not be the kind of job you want, but with a little creativity, you can find what you want. We're going to be talking about that exactly right here every week. We spend 48 minutes unpacking real-life questions, challenges, looking at new opportunities, hearing success stories. Thanks for being here. I do appreciate you being in our listening audience. I love hearing from you and the things that are going on. Well, here's some of the questions we'll be looking at this week. Can I buy one book and copy the worksheets to teach my classes? Dan, how can I connect with influential people? How can I get maximum value from attending a conference? Do these corny ideas with resumes really work? How many hours should I spend coaching clients now that I have a full-time coaching business? A lot of interesting questions, as always just full of meat. Great questions stimulate our thinking. Hey, I've got a new four-part video series. Just short there, just four or five minutes long, but addressing the issues about starting a coaching business. We have so many people that know we kind of um, have a lot of information in that space. So I put together four little videos just to help you if you're thinking about that. Um, if you're on our regular mailing list, you should be getting those. If you don't buy for whatever reason, certainly let me know. Just shoot an email to me at askdan at 48days.com. We'll make sure that you get those. They're just free videos that you can watch to hopefully help you out. Then, of course, we've got our um, first Coaching with Excellence conference coming up in January, January 12th and 13th. Love to see you here. We just had Coaching Mastery, our annual event, for those people who have completed our certification program. Just a marvelous time of sitting together, sharing what is working, looking at ways to help each other and lifting each other's arms up. It was a great time of sharing together. And we had an opportunity to go to some cool places around Franklin to eat even. We did that rather than bringing in catered foods. I had a great time. Well, um, let me, let me, I want to talk to you about my friends at Harry's for a minute here, and then we'll go right into some of the success stories. Well, you know, I'm pretty particular about how I start my day. In fact, one of my most popular books is The Rudder of the Day, because I believe that first hour of the day sets the stage for what our day is going to be like. Part of my starting the day is grabbing that orange handle on my Harry's razor to get a clean, close shave. Now, I know some of you like stubble, and it's kind of cool to have a beard and all that. Boy, not me. I want to be fresh, clean, shaven, ready to start the day. It makes me feel more confident and ready to go. Hey, we got a special offer right now. Harry's is so confident in the quality of their blades. They'll send you the popular free trial set, which comes with a razor, 
a five-blade cartridge, and shaving gel. All that's free when you sign up for a shave plan. Just pay shipping. Plus, there's a special offer for fans of 48 Days. Get a bottle of Harry's post-shave balm added to your order for free when you visit harrys.com slash 48 days. So go to harrys.com slash 48 days right now to claim your free trial set and post-shave balm. That's harrys.com slash 48 days. Well, I got some success stories as always. I love hearing your stories. Now this week, most of them relate to having new books out, which is always a major accomplishment. Hey, I know what it takes to put together your ideas and actually create a book and birth that thing and get it out there. So it's a major accomplishment and I always congratulate you on taking that step. One of the new ones is from our friends, Tim and Debbie, uh, golly. They have been, what, what they did is they rode their bicycles across the country. They've done that a couple times now, Tim and Debbie Bishop. And the new book they've got out is Wheels of Wisdom. And I love the subtitle, Life Lessons for the Restless Spirit. Now, they've got a project connected with that where sales of the book benefit the Hope Line. It's a call-in show for kids that are struggling and uh, certainly a valuable service. They are big promoters for that program donors there volunteers and so all the contributions are going there i'll put a link up in the in the show notes about that but their new book again is wheels of wisdom talking about their most recent trip across the country there's always a lot of life lessons in that and again the subtitles life lessons for the restless spirit adam Suter has a book my first book for idea addicts Addicts, A-D-D-I-C-T-S, that, not not up in the attic, up in the upper part of your house, for idea addicts. And uh, he's got that, you can find it on, right now you can get it on Kindle free. I don't know if it'll be up there by the time you look for it, but just go check for my first book for idea addicts. Got a really cool cover on that. So I encourage you to grab a copy of that. And then Dr. Clark Gaither has a new book out, The Graduate's Handbook your no-nonsense guide for what comes next. That's what it is, your no-nonsense guide for what comes next. But he is a physician, and he knows a few things about seeing kids coming out of college, what they're confronted with. So it's your The Graduate's Handbook, really nicely done, produced by our friends at Morgan James Publishing, or published by them. So I encourage you to get, get a copy of that. Well, hey, we're going to go right on. we got a lot of questions to deal with want to just uh, again encourage you if you've got a success story we'd love to hear about that you know i'm going through i'm doing videos right now for the new 48 days seminar series and just reviewing notes and letters from over the years it's just amazing to look back and see the success stories hear about people it's always a thrill to me to review those yeah we probably will put together a book at some point of just success stories uh, I certainly want you to know that there's a whole lot of those happening. It's not just people having problems, people who are discouraged, despondent, depressed. No, not at all. There's a whole lot of people who are taking advantage of the workplace right now. We want you to be in that group. Well, you know that uh, Jen McDonough leads up our Thursday night groups over open groups over at 48days.net. Got a whole bunch of coaches that uh, volunteer to be on call one every Thursday night. So check out those. You can see those at the events coming up, 48days.net. 
and see she's had people on there like Aaron Robeson, Robeson talking about know your why, Marcy Travis on creating a mind positive mindset, Kingsley Grant talked about midlife transitions, um, Michelle Gooch as well talked about how to navigate through a transition. Stephanie O'Brien was on there. These are all up now as, as um, I think they're video and audio that you can go back and review. So Stephanie talked about mastering your mindset. Well, and one more, one more here to thank our sponsors, and then we'll move into our questions. Hey, if you know me, you know I love real estate. You know the stock market can be pretty difficult to understand and quite candidly frightening. That's why I want you to call my friends at Pax Financial Group. They want your money to grow, but they will only take risk to the degree you're comfortable. You can be conservative or you can be aggressive and you can use real estate or antique cars or Buffalo nickels. If you want to, they'll help you create an individual plan to grow your wealth. I think you really enjoy working with Pax financial group. They have the heart of a teacher and don't have that wall street. yuppity feel call Pax financial group at 210-881-5700 or visit their website at paxfinancialgroup.com. Now here's an additional gift for you. They have an ebook titled 10 Effective Strategies to Build a Money Legacy Within Your Grandchildren. It's really great. Just go to paxfinancialgroup.com slash 48 days again to get your free ebook, 10 Effective Strategies to Build a Money Legacy Within Your Grandchildren. Paxfinancialgroup.com slash 48 days. Well, I got a couple things here that are really uh, job opportunities I want to run by you, but just to give you an idea of the kind of things that are out there, got a note from my friend, Carrie, who is the publisher at Rank and File. It's a new magazine, but it's, uh, it's let's see, their byline is, oh, what is their byline? Keep, keep good, keep giving. It's a social entrepreneurship kind of program. And she says with the product really in place, um, focusing on growth. I'm looking to bring on a partner who can support me with forward vision and market strategy of rank and file. So I'm reaching out to my trusted network for referrals to find a trusted partner with e-commerce B2C marketing experience. Who's passionate about social impact and equally excited about growing a new business. Now I'll put a link up to that, but if you go to rank and file, if you, if you go, actually, if you go to escape the city, there's a job posting there, escape the city, and there's a job posting for rank and file, but she's looking for somebody. Now you don't have to move anywhere, but looking for somebody who is interested in that social entrepreneurship, social justice, culture kind of space. And uh, she's doing a great job there. It reminds me, I just had lunch with a friend of mine, a couple friends of mine, Jamie Slingerland and Dick Gigi, who both live here in Franklin. Dick has been real involved in, humanitarian things around the world. Now, I want to set the stage for this because I want you to think about this as it applies to your own city, your own situation. Dick started a program down in Peru, was down there several years ago for six years now. He's been helping with a program down there to help people up in the mountains outside Lima, Peru, where there's just abject poverty, where they just have absolutely nothing. But here's the deal. Instead of just going in with truckloads of food and clothing and shoes, instead of doing that, he helped establish savings groups. There are nine different pockets up in those hills where they have savings groups 
where people come together once a week. And frankly, it's primarily women in, in areas like that, where there's abject poverty. Typically it's women who take the initiative economically. So they come together once a week, spend about 90 minutes. They share ideas, what they're doing, and they have their own savings plan. So they put in, and it's going to be small amounts, but they put in small amounts of money and have their own money deposited in an account. Then if one of the women wants to start a business, like right now, there's a young gal who wants to start a baking business and she needs $200 for an oven. So the group will decide whether or not to fund that idea. If they do, imagine her accountability to make that business work well when all of her friends have been part of loaning her those precious dollars to get started. That's the way that it works. 12 women have started businesses there and are doing really well. Dick now has uh, funded having an incubator in the city. It's a four-story building where people come in there, they learn business skills and they're seeing the ripple effect of that. There's now about 150 women that are involved in that. Now, this is a great program, and it's something that I really believe in, taking people who are struggling and helping them get a start by understanding business principles. A lot of people like that, it's not a matter of helping them with a resume. They have nothing to bring to the table. They don't have any proven job skills, marketable areas of talent. They need ideas that they can turn into businesses themselves. So I met with Dick, of course, he's looking for people who, you know, are excited about his idea to help replicate that. It's not one where he goes around asking for big dollars. It's pretty well self-funded and they're quickly just turning it over to the women themselves to run. I said, Hey, that's great. Why don't we do that in Franklin, Tennessee? Well, he about fell out of his chair because it's easy. And he told me it's easy to get people excited about doing humanitarian work and giving to programs like this that are in Peru and Ecuador and Ethiopia and Saudi Arabia, I mean, you know, in foreign countries, somehow it seems easier to be part of humanitarian efforts there. What about right here in our own city? I mean, Joanna and I went to a dinner last Friday night and it's for a couple gals who are going to open a shelter for women who are coming out of the Tennessee prison for women. We have right here in Nashville, Tennessee, the Tennessee prison for women. It houses about 850 women and they release about 40 or 50 every month. Now, unfortunately that doesn't reduce the total number because there's more than that coming in, but 40 or 50 are going to be released. Those gals, nobody will hire them. Nobody will rent them a place to live. Nobody will sell them a car. They have all kinds of obstacles and most of them end up back in prison. It's just a whole lot easier to be there. These gals want to start the Oak Shelter for Women, which will be a place to house a few of these gals coming out of prison. They'll be assigned a mentor and then helped in that initial transition period. I think it's a great program. But I also know that those gals often are candidates to get jobs at $7.35 an hour. They can't make it. They can't make it. They end up living with some abusive boyfriend, you know, because they can't make it economically. What if we train them? in business skills showed them how to start a simple business whether it's baking or cleaning houses or washing windows whatever it is i mean we can help them with effective businesses and i'm saying why don't we do that right here well dick got real excited about that he said i've always wanted to do that and he has a beautiful beautiful he owns thrift smart which is a beautiful beautiful start for that whole program we wouldn't need to lease a building or anything now here's the deal with that 
We need an incubator director. We need somebody. We'd love to have somebody bilingual, somebody who speaks Spanish and English, preferably those two languages, but an incubator director, somebody who can help us head up that program. I get excited about doing things like that right in my backyard, not seeing the necessity of going halfway around the world to help poor people there. We have poor people right here. Yep, right here. And I'm sure you do in your in your community as well. So I'd love to start a movement here where we start having those small incubators, not just housing, not just handouts, but teaching people how to be self-sufficient, how to create their own economic future and making that a bright one. Well, if you got, if you're interested in being that incubator director, uh, Dick and I would love to talk to you. You can just shoot a note again to ask Dan at 48days.com. Love to consider you for a position to help us grow that program right here in Nashville, Tennessee. Now, Jeremy put in, put a note up. He said, and this is about a course that he created, and it's about advanced car flipping. Now, I want to unpack this a little bit because I think it relates to what a lot of you are doing. You know, we talk a lot about uh, creating courses. I'm a big believer in that. Got several questions that relate to that today. But a lot of you have content, something you know about where you could create a simple course. Jeremy has done that. He says, I've spent the past couple months putting together an advanced course on car flipping that will take somebody that knows nothing about flipping cars all the way to being a successful car flipper. I'm very proud of this course and I poured tons of time and energy into it. I'm also really pleased with the early reviews that it's getting. And um, he's got some examples there. Wow, Jeremy, you should be charging $1,000 for this course. I can't believe how much detail you put in. I already feel like I can make a couple thousand dollars on a flip this afternoon. Jonathan, when he's got some other testimonials. So Jeremy's saying, I'm wondering what price I should offer this course for. I was thinking maybe $79. I know that anyone that spends money on this could make thousands on car deals. I'm just very uncomfortable charging over a hundred dollars for anything. Although I know it has that 10 X value that Dan talks about. Well, I, I sent a note back to Jeremy. Congratulations on turning this information into a course. I personally think $79 sounds like a great starting point. And when you have a course, when you put together content and this could be an ebook, same kind of things apply there. Nothing is written in stone. You just need to test it. Now, if Jeremy had a, had a really big audience that where he had years of building relationships with them, then you might be able to launch a more expensive course. But with flipping cars, how to make money flipping cars, this is the kind of thing where someone's likely to be surfing on the internet and find that information. I mean, that's the most likely way people are going to find that. And I suspect that over time, you'll find that even a less expensive price point is going to be more productive. Try it at $79, but I think you're going to get a whole lot more traction at $29. And if you have five times as many people purchase it at $29, your money ahead rather than charging at 79. I mean, just do the math. I mean, that's how we look at it. So I would say, Jeremy, I'll go ahead and try it at $79. Fortunately, and it's very easy to change. You can change it a month from now or two weeks from now. But uh, get in the game, see what you can do, see what you can do to build kind of a buzz out there. But I suspect that for an online course like that about how to flip cars, you're going to end up at a lower price point, maybe even 1995. Just get in the game and experiment, though. Con- congratulations on having a course up and ready to go. Got this note from Dorcas. who says, I'm planning on moving towards starting a part-time tutoring business and reading. 
I know a lot of research and have used tons of different materials when I was employed by the public system as a teacher. As I began to pull together materials to use, I found a really great book on Amazon titled Reading Rescue 123. I've digested it and found it to be a pearl. It brings together all the research in a really positive, fun, and kid-friendly way. It has diagnostic tools, lots of wonderful information for parents, and a sequential program of instruction. I would love to use it extensively. My question is about copyright laws. I just read copyright laws for teachers. It seems the fair use section prohibits using someone else's work for commercial profit. So I'm wondering if there's a way I could make use of her wonderful work without violating copyright laws. The books are only $13.40 on Amazon. I'd be happy to give a copy to each client. Of course, I could create my own course materials, and I'm willing to do that too. Thanks for any insights that you have. Well, I replied. Here's my reply. And again, a lot of you asked me about you know, using quotations or using content from other books. And frankly, there's a whole lot of copyright violation that I see in self-published books where somebody will take an entire chapter and pull it out or lengthy section. Well, copyright law refers primarily to the exact copying of someone else's material. So if you photocopy sections of the book, like Reading Rescue, and use them as worksheets with your students, that would be copyright infringement. If you take more than 250 words in a given section and reprint that word for word as part of your own curriculum, that would be a violation. Now, here's where it gets a little gray. If you use the concepts from the book as part of your teaching, you're totally fine. You can reword, use the principles, create your own unique exercises, and be fine. And of course, if you purchase copies of the book, you can use the exact process they have with no problem. So you can purchase the book for $13.40, have a tutoring process where you provide the book using their exact system where you may charge $350 for your tutoring process. And that's totally fine. I mean, I encourage people to do that with my books. I mean, if you want to be a career coach, buy a copy of 48 Days to the Work You Love for 10 bucks on Amazon or from us. Use that as part of a $350 coaching process. That's totally fine. Nothing violation, nothing illegal about that at all. Now, I, I encourage people to use our books. I mean, I have a, an electronic field study guide for Wisdom Meets Passion. I provide that at no cost for any teachers that they can reproduce at will for teaching Wisdom Meets Passion in the classroom. Now, it'd be hard to get maximum value from the study guide without having a copy of the book itself for each student, but I don't enforce that. Obviously, that's what I'd like is for each student to buy a copy. And that's typically what happens. But I have thousands of cases of teachers and coaches who are pushing the limit on the copyright issues with my 48 days books. I mean, to the point of me finding products for sale online that are exact re reproductions of my printed or audio materials. Again, I, I've never tried to stop them. I certainly don't encourage that, but I've never wasted the negative energy to go after people like that. I just tend to be overly generous in the use of those materials and just assume that overall it's providing additional marketing for me. Now, a lot of what I do, and I'm kind of leaving the copyright issue at this point, I hope that helps clarify, Dorcas, your question about that. But I often run across a book that I want to share, like with my mastermind or coaching mastery students. And I'm coaching mastery students were just here. Well, we have about, I think we have 87 people in our coaching mastery program. And I wanted them to have copies of the prosperous coach 
it's really well done with just hundreds of tips about how to grow your coaching business. So I purchased copies for everybody. Now I didn't buy one and photocopy, or I didn't buy one and give everybody an electronic link to it. I bought physical copies for 87 people. I mean, that's the way that I do that. I think that's the right way to do it. And of course I do support other authors. Um, also with my coaching mastery group, I just this week sent out uh, copies to everybody in my mastermind of John Maxwell's book, becoming a person of influence. Now that's been around for over 10 years. So it's not one of his newer books, but it's, it's the one I find myself coming back to again and again and again. I want to lead a discussion in my mastermind about how do you become a person of influence? So I purchased copies of the book for everybody in there. That's what I would recommend you to do. Be, be, don't, don't push the line. There's really no reason to do that. You know, one of the biggest violators in this area are churches. You know, they'll get one copy of a music score and then make copies for everybody in the choir, you know, to practice and sing total violation of copyright law, but churches have been doing that for years. Well, Chris, Chris Puckett says, this may sound like a silly question um, to you, but I'm not the most blessed person when it comes to social graces. I tend to be a let's get to the point kind of guy. I, I am the get, get in, get it done and go home type. I'm not good with small talk or getting to know people quickly. With that said, there are a few people that have been pointed out to me that could help me catapult my, me forward in my dream. The problem is I don't personally know them yet and try as I may have yet to find a way to connect with them without, in my opinion, coming across as a stalker or a creeper. Specifically, I've been told by a couple coaches and friends to follow and find a way to connect with these people because they'll help me get where I want to be. I've found them on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and in groups here on 48days.net. But again, a window of opportunity hasn't opened. How do you directly reach out to someone you don't know and introduce yourself without coming across as needy, self-centered, or sketchy, and potentially blowing a future friendship or professional membership? Well, great question, Chris. And you can do this. You really can. You can do it very effectively. Here's some things that I would recommend. Comment on their blogs. Buy their products and comment on those. Leave reviews on Amazon. Go to their conferences and just shake their hand. Thank them for the information they provided. Show up to their book signings. Golly, I've got people that, have, that did that. I mean, Sutton Parks right here in Franklin. He just started showing up everywhere that I was. I mean, if I was speaking at a Rotary Club, there he was. You know, if I was doing a little presentation at an organization somewhere, there he was sitting in the back. If I was going to be signing books at Barnes & Noble, there he was. But uh, we became great friends as a result of that. Have been for many years now. Uh, you can send them a note thanking them for their influence in your life. But here's where a lot of people mess up. They approach somebody, and it's like walking into... You know, a party somewhere, you see a pretty girl and you walk over and say, can I kiss you on the lips? Well, you wouldn't do that. I mean, anybody would be seen as a klutz to do that. You, you need to develop a relationship before you ask for that big favor that you really know in your heart you want. Well, the same is true when impro approaching influencers. In Gary Vanacek's book, Jab, 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 Right Hook, goes with the idea that you give, 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 then you ask for something. So look at what you can give. And when it comes to influencers, 
you give to them by commenting on their blogs, by buying their products, by showing up at their book signings, by thanking them for the influence in your life. Those are things where you are giving, give, 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 then you can ask and it'll work every time. Jeff Goins talks about how, when he got started, he really wanted to connect with Michael Hyatt. Well, Michael Hyatt was CEO of Thomas Nelson Publishers, biggest, you know, Christian publisher in the world. And uh, Jeff was unknown, totally unknown, but he started commenting. He started looking for ways to connect. And over a period of time, finally got to the point where he asked Michael if he could buy him lunch. And Michael said yes. And of course, they developed a really great relationship. And Jeff's business has just grown and grown and grown and grown. You know, Tribe Writers and all the books that he's done, but tremendously influenced by Michael Hyatt and others. That's how I got to know a lot of people that I mentioned here. Michael Hyatt being one of them. I mean, he didn't know me from Adam. And I started commenting on his blog. I would do that repeatedly, maybe once a week, comment on his blog. And then we may be together at a social event somewhere. And I'd just introduce myself. Oh, yeah, I recognize your name, you know, from commenting on the blog. I mean, that's how we started a relationship. And, of course, that turned into business relationship and of course a strong friendship as well. Our wives are friends, but it started just by me coming in on his blogs. Darren Hardy was the former publisher of success magazine, the number one magazine that I recommend for everybody to get. So he's has a lot of people nipping at his heels and even talks about in the, the entrepreneur roller coaster in the book that he doesn't do endorsements on books because he gets so many requests. He just has a policy. He doesn't do any of those. Oh, really? Well, I started commenting on his blogs and he had some really cool blogs. He had one, one blog that I particularly liked. It's why entrepreneurs suck at golf. Well, it was hilarious because it talked about, you know, while somebody's out there spending four hours on a sunny afternoon, you know, chasing a little ball around an entrepreneur is creating a new course you know, writing a new ebook, you know, doing something to push their business business forward. And thus they are not good golfers. Well, I sent a note to his assistant and said, can I use this repost this on my blog? Yes. I did that probably three or four times. Boy, this is a great blog. Darren wrote, would it be okay if I re ran that on my blog? Yes, yes, yes. I comment on his blogs. Okay. So my book came out wisdom meets passion. I sent a note to Darren Hardy. Darren, I'd love for you to do an endorsement on my book. Sure, no problem. Boom, done deal. Why? Because I had nurtured that relationship for probably two or three years before I asked him for anything. But having done so, then when I ask, absolutely no questions, no problem at all. Now, here's a related question. This comes from Charles. Who says, uh, Dan, I want to let you know I really enjoy your podcast. It's my Friday evening going home from work, Automobile University, drive time listen. Thanks for all the work that you put into it to inspire us and the work we love. I'm getting ready to attend a conference in early November in Los Angeles that I attended last year as well. Last year was productive, but not as productive as I would have liked it to be. I remember listening to a podcast some time ago about the 10 things you do to get the most out of your conferences. Sadly, I've not been able to find this podcast again in the archives so I could listen to it before I go to this conference, but I was able to find your short blog post about the 10 things that you, that you do. 
I was wondering if you could briefly elaborate again on these 10 steps. I'm particularly interested in the step about the thank you cards that you send to everyone that you meet. Are these cards pre-made like the postcards you get from Vistaprint where you then just put on their personal note and send it off? Are these blank white thank you cards that you write a complete personal note in the card? Someone is asking about that. Thanks again for your wonderful podcast. I hope to be able to attend your Innovate Conference in May to be able to talk, meet, thank you in person. Till then, though, thanks for all your time and work that you do to inspire us, Charles. All right, a couple things. I have extensive notes that are done by Mike Rossi and his team at Mallard Creatives for every podcast. So it, it took me 30 seconds to find the podcast where I talked about those 10 things to do to get maximum value from a conference. Those are in podcast that went up for March 4th, 2016. And the title on that podcast was my son told me he hates my job. And at 27 minutes and 42 seconds in, I start talking about the 10 tips to maximize value from a conference. Now, incidentally, you know, I'm going to be at social media marketing world. Uh, just worked out the details. Going to be um, speaking there again on masterminds in on March 22nd, 23rd, and 24th in San Diego, 2017. Um, I'll put a link up for that as well. We have an affiliate link for that. I'd love to use that for you to register. You get a discount if you register using my link. But that's Social Media Marketing World, big big conference in San Diego. Love Michael Stelsner and his team and what they do there. Just put on a first class event. If you have any interest in any of these things, blogging, podcasting, you know, doing videos, being on Facebook. I mean, if you want to know about any of those issues, that is the conference to find out. Now, here are my 10 tips. I'll run through them again just quickly here and explain to you about the cards that you're asking about, Charles. The 10 tips for getting maximum value from a conference. Number one, list the three speakers you want to meet and why. Number two, attend with someone who is just as interested in learning as you are. Just makes it more fun. Number three, craft your elevator speech. Who are you? What do you do? Why are you here? Have that really ready. So when somebody asks you that inevitable question, you know, what do you do? You're ready to tell them instantly. Number four, have 50 sharp business cards with your elevator speech printed on the back. Number five, get to the meetings early. Talk to other attendees. Number six, take 12 pre-stamped postcards to use as thank yous to people you meet. And I'll come back to that one in a minute. Number seven, create a list of notes and questions as you listen. Number eight, make at least two introductions per day between attendees you've just met. My friend Andy Traub is probably the master of all time at doing that. Hey, Dan, I want you to meet somebody I just met yesterday. Here's why. Here's the person. Meet. Uh, Number nine, identify five new people you want to just stay in touch with. Number 10, thank the speakers for sharing valuable insights. Now, as for your question, Charles, about the cards that I use, I have cards that are printed up. I have a beautiful, beautiful photo of Athena, the bronze eagle that sits just outside my office here. Beautiful photo done by my friend, celebrity photographer, David Molnar. Um, And it has the eagle and it has the 48 Days logo on the front. On the very back, it has a big logo and it has 48 days and it says the best way to predict your future is to create it. And then 48days.com website there. The inside is is totally blank. That's what I take with me. 
I just throw a dozen of those in the suitcase with me and I have envelopes that already have a stamp on them. That way, if I meet somebody at a conference, I can take their business card or look them up on their website and I can write them a note instantly, 30 minutes after I met them. So they're going to get a card from me the day they get back from the conference. You know how impressive that is and how fresh that is to get something handwritten rather than just an email note or a tweet? I mean, it really still has a big impact. I see people on Facebook who have taken pictures of cards that I've sent them because it makes such an impact. Take pictures of themselves or do a video because they got a handwritten card from me. It still does a lot. I encourage you to have those personalized for you or your business. So again, it's just a a, a repeat of the branding imprint that you want to have. So don't just use generic ones. Y'all make them personal. Yeah, it's real easy to get a maximum value. Now, when I go to when I go to conferences, the biggest value comes from meeting people who are there. When I talk about something like social media marketing world, they have I have no idea how many how many sessions they have, but they have concurrently may have seven or eight sessions going on. So you have to choose one. It's hard to choose. A lot of times you'll find me in the hallway or in one of the common areas talking to a couple people. You know, that's where I deepen relationships with other people who are in the same kind of space as I am. That's the most important thing that I get from conferences, not just sitting in seat hearing another 45 minute presentation by somebody. I mean, those are great, but I can get content anywhere. It's so easy to get new content. The primary value for going to conferences for me, and it takes a lot of time, effort, and money to do that. And I I don't take that lightly. It's a big um, redirection of how I most like to spend my time. That being sitting here in my office, thinking, writing, creating. That's really where I think I have the most value. And I think that's where, that's where I do my deep work. And I think that's where I make my biggest contribution. So it's a real sacrifice for me to get out and go to a conference, you know, across the country or go to Chicago or Florida or something, but I do it to deepen relationships with people, not to hear new content. Now take that for what it's worth. Well, uh, Tim Cal or Ryan Cowley sent me a note. <clears throat> says, I know how much you like the idea of unconventional job seeking methods. I stumbled across this on Facebook. Do you would love it? Your listeners will definitely be inspired by this as well. I mean, who doesn't like donuts? Now, I had probably 20 people send me this and it, it really is a cute little piece you can find it easily but it's this genius lands 10 job interviews by delivering his resume in boxes of donuts. So I'll read you just a little bit of this. As you may all well know by now, writing a resume with all the right keywords, the best information about yourself and just enough exaggeration is already a major obstacle standing between you and an exciting new job to make things worse. There's a chance it'll go unnoticed at the bottom of a recruiter's overloaded inbox but it looks like one dude has come up with a really brilliant solution for both of those problems, delivering his resume in a box of donuts, really. So he shows up as a delivery guy. So he just shows up at the companies and he already has done 40 of these 40 donut resume deliveries to recruiters at area marketing agencies. And this is in the San Francisco area. So he just shows up unannounced, but shows up as a delivery guy and he has a box of donuts and you open it and there's his resume. Now, a lot of you are probably thinking, you know, this is the stupidest thing I ever heard of. You know, this is corny. This is intrusive, whatever. Guess what? It works. 
That's the thing. When, when you do things properly and don't offend anybody, don't step on anybody's toes and don't color outside the lines, you're going to get very mediocre kind of results. Especially if you're working to get something in an area like marketing. I mean, marketing is one of those where they're going to expect you to do something that gets people's attention and to walk in with a box of donuts. Wow. Yeah. He's already had 10 interviews and he's had multiple job offers. Now this is just a young kid. Doesn't have a lot of unique experience or credentials, but he just did something to get noticed. It's really not that difficult to put yourself at the top of the pack when there's a whole lot of people. I, I, I just, uh, did a, in one of the videos I was talking about time years and years ago, I, I needed something really quickly and I needed to generate some cash while I was trying to build another business. And I saw an opportunity for a commission only sales position. Now it was a pretty lucrative opportunity, commission only, no base, no guarantee, nothing at all. But Hey, that's, that's the kind of opportunity that gets my attention. And I'm, I believe in my ability to sell. So it was certainly something that fit, but I knew they'd get a lot of applicants. So they did. Now it was in the educational arena. So you could see that as being kind of stodgy, you know, intellectual, plain, traditional. I showed up in a pink sport coat. I walked into a room. They interviewed for over the period of two days, two days to select one person. They interviewed 64 guys. I walked into a room full of black suits, dark suits, red ties, the traditional power professional. I had on a pink sport coat and an open collar, no tie. I got the job. Now there's a lot more involved in that, but I just convinced them I was the guy for the job. That's the kind of thing that you have to do if you match it to the kind of opportunity. Now, if you're looking for an accounting position, no, don't do those kind of things. Do something else. But there's so much you can do creatively in today's environment. Maybe you can, you can duplicate this guy's idea. Take a box of donuts. You know, Aaron Killian is uh, in our 48 Days community. He sent out a bag of coffee where the ingredients was his resume. Had him made out like that. He, I mean, he got a job immediately got a $70,000 job, I think, as I recall from doing just that. And then went on to other kind of opportunities that were better than that from putting his resume on the back of a coffee bag. All right. A couple more here. Uh, have, have, have a guy principal to company, new company, carrot.fm. I'm just going to tell you about it. He wants me to be part of this because then what they do is put it out where people have an app on their phone and then they can access a professional in a particular area. So if you're an advisor, a lawyer, chef, celebrity, social influencer, good listener, and of course, in my case, you know, a career coach, you can dial up somebody instantly. And with a very um, small fee, talk to somebody like for like five minutes. So you may have a question that it doesn't require an hour of an attorney's time. You want something less than that. Carrot.fm. They're the ones that are going to be providing that probably not something at all participate in. I don't need something like that to add to my schedule and make me available 24 seven, but check it out. Uh, you may be, you may be interested in being a content provider for them. And it looks like a fun kind of thing. Scott says this year, I began 
a side coaching business. Now this, I, I love the way this is set up. This year I began a side coaching business by using Dan's recommended 15 hour a week approach of client time, content creation, marketing, and personal growth. I've decided to make the jump to my new career full time. Does Dan have a 48 days breakdown of the best way to organize an optimal 40 to 50 hour work week? I currently have 16 clients. Thank you. Now this goes back to a few weeks ago, we dealt with the idea of somebody building a business on the side. And I said, if you have 15 hours that you can use, which I would hope anybody has, if you're going to build a side business, that you can make massive progress in 90 days. But here's what I find often happens, whether it's for coaching or having a landscape business or whatever it is. People spend that 15 hours simply gathering information. And if you spend 90 days and you're simply gathering information, you probably aren't a whole lot closer to having a business that's going to create income than you were at the beginning. So what I suggested is that you split that time. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to make it real easy. So I'm going to make it 16 hours just because the division is easier. Let's make it 16 hours. You can squeeze out that extra hour, but I'm going to have suggest four different areas. So I, I suggested four hours that you spend reading, studying, gather new information, but only four hours, four hours, creating content, working on your, your next book, a course, coaching packages, whatever, four hours, four hours working directly with clients and four hours marketing your efforts to build your brand and reputation. So that's easy to do the 25% of your time. So it's easy to use that same kind of mathematical formula if you increase the hours. So if instead of 16 hours, you're now going to be able to invest 40 hours, that would mean 10 hours reading, studying, gathering new knowledge, 10 hours creating new content, 10 hours working directly with clients, 10 hours marketing efforts to build your brand reputation. Now let's just unpack this a little bit because I see this happen a lot and it doesn't matter if you're coaching or if it's another kind of business. People tend to have a roller coaster process in their business. So all of a sudden you have like, like here, Scott has 16 clients. That's a pretty full load. So 16 clients. So you're doing nothing to create new content. You're doing nothing to market your efforts. And all of a sudden you finish with those 16 and wow, now you need to hustle to get back in the game to fill your schedule. See, that's what you don't want. You don't want that roller coaster. And incidentally, yeah, Darren Hardy does have, uh, that's an actual book really well done. The entrepreneurial roller coaster where he talks about this kind of impact. But why would I suggest that you only spend 10 hours working directly with clients? If you are a coach, let's assume that you're charging a hundred dollars a session. So you spend 10 hours a week working directly with clients. That's $1,000 a week or $50,000 a year if you take a couple weeks off. But that doesn't mean you've hit a ceiling. But instead of going to 20 hours a week where you're coaching people, I would never recommend that you do that. I think 10 hours a week working with clients is enough. I think that to really be at your best and to be able to have maximum positive emotional readiness, preparation, 
for those kind of engagements, I think 10 hours is enough. I think you're going to start to dilute that if you go over that. Now, there are certainly coaches and counselors out there that see people 30 and 40 hours a week. I don't recommend it. I've never done it. I don't think they can be their best. And I think it sabotages their ultimate best position. Here's why. If you are seeing people 10 hours a week and you continue and you're saying no to people, but you continue to spend that 10 hours creating new content, working on your next book, your courses, the kind of things we've been talking about have a lot of stories from people who have shared the things that they're doing, you know, in just in today's show here, courses that they've developed. What if you create two courses and you sell them for $97? This is to a growing audience who trusts you. You're going to sell them for $97 and you're only going to sell a thousand of each of them next year. Now, that's not big numbers. We're not talking about, you know, New York Times bestseller where you sell a million copies of anything. We're talking about a thousand copies next year of a course that you put together and you do that twice. Well, if you sell those for $97, just do the math on that. That's an additional, it's right, right at $200,000. You'd have a really hard time doing that by just increasing the number of clients that you see personally. I'm a big believer of having your core message, using that very effectively where you have, you're really full emotionally and at maximum peak performance to engage with a few clients, but then take that same message and look at ways that you can expand it, ways that you can bring it out in other ways. How can you share that with other people? That's what I recommend. Hey, again, if you want those four video series that I've got on coaching. We got the four free videos up and running. You can get access to those. Don't forget our upcoming coaching with excellence event here in January 12th and 13th, right here in beautiful Franklin, Tennessee. Weather here is gorgeous right now. Hey, it's going to be gorgeous in January. We, we, it's always gorgeous. There's never been a time when we've had a two day event here where we didn't in some, at some point during the two days, take a tour of our property it's just always gorgeous there's always a time where we can get out and do that well yeah i went a little long today i just realized i got carried away in that last question there and went a little long on that but uh so a little more than 48 minutes but thanks for being part of this listening crowd thanks for being part of the audience that comes back week after week. I hope that it is encouraging. I hope it's inspiring you. I want to hear your success story. You know, shoot that in to askdan at 48days.com. I want to hear your success story or your question. We'll deal with that as well. Thanks for being part of this group that are in fact finding or creating work that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable.